0: you have to embrace your genius. There's only one of you. Nobody in this world can accomplish the mission that you were called to do.
1: Welcome to the Trading Raw Stories Podcast. I'm Rita Pirat, the host of the most inspiring stories that you ever did hear. Back in the day when the day was back, I was known as the juicing queen. I became raw vegan overnight after watching a documentary called Food Matters. Changing what I was putting in and on my body didn't just make me lose weight and have great skin, it gave me mind clarity, more energy, and over time made me so self-aware and intuitive that I vibrate on a higher frequency and level of consciousness that's turned me into a manifesting queen. I've lived like 9 lives and have amazing stories to share that may inspire you to finally leave that toxic guy you're with. Quit that miserable job you hate, start that business you've been talking about forever, and at the very least you'll probably start saying yes more often and eat more vegetables. I'm your tell it like you need to hear it and make you do it sister from another mister. I've lived quite the life and have stories for days that have inspired women to transform their lives in real big ways. So I created this podcast to share my insane and unbelievable stories with the world to reach whoever needs to hear them. I'll bring on inspiring humans to trade stories with me, and I'll even have some live coaching sessions with listeners calling in. You're here because you were meant to find this podcast, this community, these raw stories. There are no coincidences. Everything happens for you, not to you, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Trading Raw Stories podcast. I hope you guys had a happy Halloween and that everyone is COVID-free and safe and all that jazz. So I was actually Poison Ivy and my dog Frankie was Batman and we freaking nailed it. If you want to go see on my Instagram or TikTok, it's at RawVeganRita. But anyway, so today I have a really cool episode. I connected with someone I went to elementary school with and we weren't really that close back then, but we had something really big in common we were both severely bullied like severely bullied like I think we both tried to kill ourselves I'm not even kidding okay so we connected because she saw and acted on a post that I made on Facebook where I was offering three coaching sessions to three women like the first three women that replied got three sessions with me And Because I wanted to be of service. I had just left a toxic relationship at the end of April, and honestly, that needs a whole episode on its own, maybe even a fucking mini-series, like I'm not even kidding, because I seriously manifested him, and then I healed some deeply rooted shit on my end and his, and then I found myself in a toxic situation again after I thought I was done with toxic shit. So I'm pretty sure that he's my twin flame, but that's another story. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, one of the best ways to get out of your own funk is to help other people. If you didn't know, now yet know. So there I was at my friend Nikki's house in Orange County, and I found myself at the stage of this breakup where, you know, you're sad and you're missing him, but then you're not that sad because you're the one that left. So you're kind of like celebrating yourself for finally leaving. So yeah, that's where I was. I was basically hanging out on the corner of Backsliding Boulevard and Rainbow Farting Road. Like my own Monopoly game. But anyway, so I had this inspired thought to be of service. I wanted to help other women do what I did, you know, empower them to leave the toxic environment that they're in, that they're forcing themselves to stay in out of comfort or whatever. Um there's lots of reasons we stay in shit that doesn't serve us. So my goal is to help you to get out like and start a brand new life because there's more for you my love. The universe is waiting for you my dear. Believe that. I swear to you. I promise you. Magic is on the other side of your comfort zone. Let's go, girl. Come the fuck on already. Anyway, so Amanda Cohodes was one of the women who responded, and she is my guest today. Now, she had one of the roughest upbringings, like childhood experiences I've ever heard of. And the abuse didn't stop at her childhood. Seriously, her story is just mind-blowing. She's also a survivor of a majorly toxic relationship. I'm telling you, she's been through it. She's so strong. She's so resilient. And I shit you not, she blew my mind. Because after just two sessions with me, the coachee has become the coach. I'm not even kidding. I can't wait for you to hear the gold that comes out of this woman's mouth. You're really in for a serious treat. And I'm not saying that just to say it. I don't say shit just to say it. So Amanda Cohodes is my guest today. She has her own accounting and tax agency. She's a licensed insurance professional and a health and mindset coach with Yoli. She's served on the board of directors of the McHenry County chapter of NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And she's a mom to a daughter with autism. And she's here to help you find health, happiness, and financial security because that's what she does for a living. I could tell you so many more things because she is a woman of way too many accolades to list. So please, I beg of you, stop whatever you're doing if you can. Grab a pen and paper, go to your bedroom, close the door, lay on your stomach like a little kid and kick your feet up. Your inner child is about to get a much needed talking to. Are you ready? Like seriously, are you freaking ready? Let's welcome Amanda Cohodes. Amanda, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my God.
0: Thank you, Rita. I'm so glad to be here with you. I appreciate you asking me to come on as a guest.
1: Oh my gosh, this is going to be so good because we went to elementary school together, which is crazy that we connected this year out of nowhere um, because I went online after my toxic relationship ended and I felt like I didn't want to be a victim and I didn't want to sulk in my misery and being sad and emotional that I wanted to be of service. So I went onto Facebook and I put on there, I said, I'm offering three free coaching sessions to three women, first come, first serve, and you were one of them. And so that's how we reconnected and you literally became my coaching client. We only had two sessions together and you have transformed beyond I could have ever imagined. Like I was just watching you on fire and I want you to talk about your transformation, your growth, what you got from the two sessions we had. And, and help to inspire listeners to, to believe in themselves that they can do the same, that they can hit the ground running and take action right away instead of just have a coaching session and not act on anything. So I want you to first tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you've done, where you were, where you are now, and then let's talk about our coaching and your experience with it. How about that?
0: Sounds good. So, you know, right. where I was is – I was in a place where I come from a really dysfunctional background, but I don't wanna focus on negatives. I just wanna focus on what it taught me. So in order for us to really grow, we have to be willing to give up the victim mindset. And sometimes it's so subconscious that we don't even realize that we're running out of that program. And so where I was, was really broken. I, I was really, you know, out of sorts. I didn't know up from down. I didn't recognize the woman in the mirror anymore. But what that experience did for me is it made me actually dig into the pain because there's only one way to grow. And it's it's to learn and to self-observe, self-evaluate and then innovate and, and recreate yourself. And so through the process, as you heal, you have to give up that mindset. You have to say, I can overcome this. I can choose, you know, I love the saying, it ran in the family till it ran into me. We all have a choice. And so we can't blame our parents. And I know you and I relate on that in in, in many ways. You can't blame your upbringing for where you are. In the same respect, you have to, have, you know, people who want to grow want accountability. They want to make their life better. That is what leadership is about. And so what I had to realize is before I could lead others, I had to lead myself through the healing journey. And that's you know i want to use this experience like i've had several failed relationships but i want to use my experience of, and uplift lift other women that you can pick up the pieces and actually sometimes you have to break so that you can shine because sometimes you have to get to the end of you to really undo those subconscious patterns and become the best version of you and what i've found through the process healing from divorce is that i have a strength I have a self-respect, a self-love that has, Never really been transparent. It's what I've learned. And if anything, I find myself having a huge amount of gratitude for the relationship because it's propelling me into my next best version of myself.
1: Yes, that is really key. I hope everyone got that. Having gratitude for the relationship, for the lessons that you're learning, for the experiences that you're having, you grow in ways that you otherwise wouldn't have grown. And it's really, really key because relationships are mirrors. They're showing you. Parts Parts of yourself that need healing and what happens is we end up dating the same person over and over and over again just with a different face because we're repeating the patterns until we learn the lessons that need learning or the healing that needs to happen.
0: This is such a taboo topic. We don't want to talk about things that aren't you know perfect and you know sometimes at our lowest points, we can throw in the towel that is is giving up. You haven't failed until you stop trying.
1: I love that. What's your definition of failure?
0: So failure is actually an opportunity to do better the next time, to evaluate, to make changes, and to grow. And that's exactly what I decided. I decided that I was going to empower myself. I was going to do whatever it took. I was going to live in faith and not fear.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that so much. How did you change that mindset to get to that point?
0: So what changed in my mindset was really, I had to develop a self-love, which became a series of habits. And that habit took, it took like 60 days for me to really like get it going, like where it was automatic. Like I would get up and I would go to the gym and I would do affirmations. I go through my morning routine and go to work and, you know, all these things. And it took time. And then after that period of time, those those negative things can start slipping in. So that's where like, you really have to be maintain stability. And so that's really what I found in the healing process is that I needed to become happy with myself. I had to love and accept all the pieces of my life, whether they were good or bad. And then I had to teach my daughter that this is not What you
1: accept. Oh my gosh, that's so important. I love that you're doing that. That's amazing because it's crucial. You know, like when I was a kid, I was witnessing my mom accepting things left and right. And it was just subconsciously that I picked up things. Like she didn't teach me this, I learned it from watching, from witnessing, from just absorbing everything that was happening around me. And what ends up happening is you repeat the patterns and behaviors you attract a partner that's familiar so naturally what my dad was like is what i was seeking the familiar feelings the vibrations the energy that i was familiar with was that of what my mom was going through so then i created that environment for myself and that's what we're doing we're repeating patterns from our childhood until we realize that they're not our story and we unlearn them and unbecome them and break down, um, like you said earlier and peel back those layers. And I was actually helping my recent ex, um, to work through some of that stuff because it turned out that he was doing exactly that. He was treating me the way he witnessed his dad or stepdad treat his mom. And once he had that big aha moment, he's like, Holy crap. Now that I'm aware of that, I'll be able to control it and not be that way. But that wasn't the case. And then you know what else? When I was living in New York, I was dating this guy and it just became really toxic to the point where, you know, he was lying and cheating and pumpkin eating. And I would catch him and I would stay. I'd catch him and I would stay. And it's like, why am I doing this? And it was literally repeating my mom's behaviors of staying no matter what, right? And so she didn't teach me this. Again, I subconsciously learned it, right? So subconsciously that one day, I repeated an exact behavior of hers that I didn't even know that I witnessed as a kid. So I'm standing there in the living room, calling him, trying to figure out where he is at seven in the morning, okay? Okay. And I'm leaving a voicemail. And suddenly I had this vision come to me, a memory apparently that I had stored somewhere in my subconscious of my mom standing in the living room in the dark, trying to hide from us so that we didn't hear her or see her calling my dad, trying to find him or figure out where he was at like four or five in the morning, God knows what time. And so I'm standing there in the living room doing the same thing. And that's when it hit me. I was like, holy shit, I am my mother right now and I'm dating my father. No, uh-uh. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to be in this relationship. And that moment I decided I was leaving and that I would no longer accept this sort of treatment or relationship. And that is when I was able to heal that and heal from that and never accept something like that ever again. But the relationship had to happen for me to learn this lesson. So going back to what you said about having gratitude for the relationship, finding the lessons, realizing that it's happening for you, not to you, and all of that, and finally breaking that pattern.
0: See, the way you stop these patterns, this is a carrot. Write this down. The way you prevent from going from toxic partner to toxic partner is to heal yourself. Because you will not accept red flags when you're whole. These toxic relationships, from what I've learned, is you're like a half a person. Like you need somebody, you you fuse, you trauma bond instead of two whole people having separate identities and coming together in relationship. That is a partnership, there's differences. In business, these these things can happen. Toxic relationships don't just have to be romantic. They can be business relationships. They can be friendships. So, you know, you have to really have um, boundaries because people treat you how you treat yourself. You dictate how people treat you.
1: Okay, so you said you have to heal yourself. How do you do that?
0: Where I started was just getting up every morning and telling myself, you can get through this day. If it's minute by minute, hour by hour, you can get through this day. So I found like, you can't eat a whole watermelon, right? You have to hit, hit, eat it one bite at a time. And so when we're talking about transforming, things don't just happen overnight. This has been a journey of self-discovery. Um, it's been a journey of deep, deep reflection. It's been a journey of one of the things I loved about coaching with you, Rita, is your encouragement to write. And and I had realized that I was so busy trying to take care of everybody else that I had been conditioned to take care of everyone else's needs that I forgot that I had needs. And so through writing, I was able to reconnect with my inner self. And be able to start healing and growing up the inner child that was wounded. So I think that when we look at what creates a success story, it's not necessarily that I'm any different than anyone else. And that's why I come on and I share is because there is hope and there is healing and there is a mind shift that happens. And and it starts with evaluating every area of your life. I had to look at who I was hanging around. I had to look at who was I listening to. I had to look at who was I going to want to model, who was where I wanted to be. And then I started asking questions and developing mentorship. And that's you know, where I think our coaching sessions really helped me because you, said to me, you know, Amanda, you've got to celebrate. You've got to celebrate it. You can't look at it as, you know, I was very cup half full person for most of my life. And then all of a sudden, it was despair. And I didn't want to sit there. You know, a lot of people I know they'll relate, you know, when you're leaving a toxic relationship, it is confusing. But until you take control of what you can control, which is yourself, and I just I made a decision. I went on a trip to Utah. I had, I had gone with a, a bunch of strangers. I had gone into, I had just decided like, I was gonna start a business. I was gonna do Yoli. I went to this convention and I literally was standing there and I was looking, I went for a morning run and I was looking at the mountains. And I remember this moment, I was just standing there. I was looking up and the sun's just coming up over the mountains and there's just this peace. And I looked up and I said, I no longer am aligned with who I chose. And I made a decision that it was time to take back my life, take back my power, and create the life I want. And that started with making a decision there in Sandy, Utah. And that decision led me
1: to take action to say, you matter. Yeah, that is the key. The most life-changing experiences are always the ones where you just make a snap decision. You just say yes to something that you're feeling called to and you don't talk yourself out of it. And I have so many stories, so many examples of this when I just did something that you wouldn't normally do. You wouldn't say yes to out of fear or out of you know, like oh, it's too expensive, or oh, I don't know these people, or oh, whatever excuses that you could have made for yourself, but you took action. That is where the magic happens.
0: And I think if anybody is listening to this and you're going through a situation of a toxic relationship, trust your gut. Take inventory. That is what's changed in me. Like I have connected. I did so many assessments. I did the Myers Briggs. I did. I. I. I read different books on on boundaries. I read different uh, books you know, the universe has your back was a game changer. Yes. I'm
1: so glad you read it. What else did you read?
0: There's so many right now. I'm, I'm reading one called chasing the lion and it's just talking about how you chase your dreams and, and, and develop a bigger mindset. And the fact is I never imagined that my life could be this good. Like I can never imagine that I could be happy by myself because some people have addictions to alcohol and drugs and some people have addictions to to bad choices and 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 are addicted to love and i kind of like am one of these people that i've never really been single and i love the fact that in this life i have the decision now to say you know what i'm so happy and i just want to spend time with my daughter and time with my dad and i want to empower Uh, I know your audience is mostly women, but I I do want to acknowledge that there are men who go through toxic relationships too. And and so I I do acknowledge, well, then my my purpose in life is I want to help people to heal from it because there is so much that you can gain from a negative experience. Like think about people who are in business, like think about Walt Disney. If he gave up, We would have never had all the movies that he created, right? If, you know, how many, like, how many times have you started something and it didn't turn out right? So don't give up. Just, you know, it's like, it's like a recipe.
1: Perfect example. You keep making that recipe until you get it perfect. And I love what you said about not having uh, failed until you stop trying. That is money.
0: Absolutely. I mean, one of my favorite poets is Maya Angelou. Me too. Um, And she said, she said that you may face many defeats, but you must not be defeated. Mm, That's, that's good. And and the, the thing is, is adversity is fuel. I do have a strong faith and I give all the glory to God. Um, I do believe that he was looking out for me and I do believe there's been several people that he sent several laborers that he sent. And one of the things I have learned through this experience is that we're not meant to be alone. And, and, you know, we've, we've been living in really tough times, right? So social isolation with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So imagine a person living like that emotionally their whole life. Right. And that pretty much sums up, like, I was taught to perform. Mm. I did very well in school. If there was a performance, my dad was there to video it. Um, He was very, he worked a lot. He was a great provider, super hard worker. I would never say anything bad about it. But Because he was running away from his own issues, he stayed working to avoid the marital issues in the home. So a lot of children don't talk about what happens in their homes because they learn to protect the family image. So that's exactly what I did. So I grew up in a Jewish family in a very Jewish neighborhood. Mm -hmm. We went to elementary school, you could probably remember I was really quiet, pretty withdrawn.
1: Yeah, you were pretty quiet. Yeah.
0: I was kind of like beat to my own drummer, like big wide baggy jeans, you know. Um, And so that quietness was actually a manifestation of depression because my home life wasn't the best. I don't want to really focus on that. I want to focus on is changing it. So I learned that if I was going to get any type of attention, it was going to be when I performed really well. If not, I was ignored. And so I also grew up with a really obese mom. She was like 430 pounds. So it was, you know, there was a lot of, issues that that came around from that and actually with my dad I always just wanted to spend time with him but it was so different because when he came home after working so many hours, he wanted to be by himself. So like I would watch the Black Hawk game and I love I love sports because it's the one thing my dad like you get tickets from work and we would all go as a family to like go watch the hockey game or go watch the Sox game or the Cubs game or the Bulls game. And like I love sports to this day. Like I it's just because they're such happy memories. And as children, we tend to let those things over-glorify. And it's actually what I choose to remember now is more the positive things and what I can learn. And then being able to say that if my childhood was a struggle, putting myself in an empathetic place to say, how was their lives? What kind of trauma did they
1: live that they passed it on? Wow. That is so powerful. I remember reading A Return to Love, and it's by Marianne Williamson. If you haven't read it, you definitely should. It literally changed my life because I was holding a grudge and resentment and anger for my dad for a decade, and this book allowed me to come to a place where I was having empathy for his childhood, for his upbringing, and the way that he's been, you know, he's doing the best that he knows how, and that I came to that conclusion because of that book. And there's this other part of it where she talks about not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die, which just blew my freaking mind. I was like, holy shit, because you are really only hurting yourself. And those low vibrational energies like anger, resentment, and fear and all that, it's really causing illness. It's getting stored in your body and creating an illness. So I was able to release that. And I actually felt like the weight of the world was lifted off of my shoulders the moment I decided to forgive him and have empathy for his childhood, for his upbringing, and him and realizing that he was doing the best that he knew how. So I love that you came to this conclusion. That's amazing.
0: And that's why I say like, it ran into the family until it ran into me because I don't know if you recall, but you were actually at my bat mitzvah. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a culture that you could probably relate to where it's more male dominated. Um, it's more like you reach your potential. The The ideology is, is that you grow up, you get married, you have kids, you know, more of the traditional roles. And I, I always knew I was a little bit different because women, like I blew shofar in the synagogue and that wasn't, you know, a real big thing in the Jewish culture so my point of sharing that is as I look back now I can see there were ways that the spirit realm or the universe or God however you want to put it for me it's God that there was a purpose for my life Uh, so there's somebody out there mm -hmm. and I don't want to say the wrong thing but my message is whatever you're going through keep going, if you have to put your head down and run through, if you have to light, you know, that's one of the things I loved about when I went to Utah, the conference name was Ignite. And that's actually what had to happen in 2019. And I actually will say, be careful what you speak, because what you speak over your life will happen. I actually, in 2018, my word was, I always pick a Bible verse and a word. And my word for 2018 was commitment. My word for 2019 was redefined. My word for 2020 is restoration. And my word for 2021, it's already been revealed to me, it's breakthrough. And so what my point is when you speak it, it may not happen the way you want. See, I thought that commitment was about marriage. No, it was committing to myself. It was committing to love myself. It was committing to have self-respect, to become a, what I learned is how strong of a woman I am. I'm a warrior.
1: Yeah, you are. I even said that in the beginning when I was introducing you. I was like, she's so strong and resilient. And I love that you did therapy and counseling and the two sessions with me.
0: And I don't think there's any shame in that because honestly, trauma that's untreated, it's a shame that we don't reach out for help because mm-hmm. there's so many. One of the things I am very passionate about is suicide prevention because mm-hmm. it, it's something that is very near and dear to me. I've had a lot of friends that have, have lost their life to suicide and it is um, it's preventable.
1: Yeah, I contemplated it when I was a kid, too.
0: If I'm honest, I learned to live last year. I learned 2020 and 2019 have been about rediscovering all the reasons why I want to be here. Because for so long, I didn't want to be here. I was on this run. I was on this search. And this search really was becoming the best version of myself. And I denied who that person was because I was hiding, because it was easier um, to stay in my comfort zone, to stay away from being connected from people, And and the biggest challenge of the healing process is that when I was vulnerable, when I did share my heart, when I connected, I I got betrayed. But you know what? What do you do with that experience? You pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you learn to trust again. And and I had so many people come alongside me. And what I wanna say to anyone who might be going through a, a trying time is find a distraction. For me, starting a business Becoming an entrepreneur, a hybrid entrepreneur, that was the best thing I could do because it channeled my energy, it gave me a focus, it it gave me something to manage my time, and it gave me independence. And it was a healthy outlet. Working out was a healthy outlet.
1: Yeah, definitely a healthy outlet. And I would say not necessarily just a distraction, but something that makes you focus on yourself and self-improvement and self-love.
0: And you have to find what makes you happy. And you know, I mean, honestly, I've never, if I look at it I've been an entrepreneur since I was eight years old. I would I would walk the I would walk the neighborhood and mow lawns and, and snow shovel and I just I just had that spirit. And the thing is, and honestly, I'll, I'll give you a little tip of what I found, and I'm sure most entrepreneurs know this. But if you're an entrepreneur, you are really good at dealing with rejection. Mm. And Rita, I'm going to tell you, I have a doctorate in rejection. <laughs> I, I just wow. do. It doesn't even it doesn't bother me. Because at this point, I've been able to learn and grow and I'm comfortable in my own skin to know that what I have is valuable. Who I am is valuable. And my leadership is a natural gift. And and I don't want to like, you know, I used to be like, oh, I want to help everybody and I want to save everybody. No, I'm not here to save everybody. If you want to work hard, if you want to get something out of life, the problem with society today is everybody wants something for free. Everyone wants the good life, but nobody wants to put in the hard work to get the good life. You know And so if you really want to come to a place of transformation, you have to I found that you have to come to a place where you're so sick and tired of where you're at that you have a "no matter what," a "no matter what, I am going to do this." And, and the problem is the scarcity mindset, which is fear-based. Is the people that are negative? It's the people. Oh, it it always happens to me. I'm, you know, this crisis always happens. People who become millionaires, they find opportunity in crisis. They capitalize on crisis. You know, I mean, I, I, I literally, my biggest fear in life was to be abandoned. And you know what I found? In being abandoned was the best thing that happened to me because I learned to take a risk on the person that mattered most, myself. So when my marriage ended, I started a business. When my grandmother passed away this past May, I started another business. Wow. You know, it's like you take tragedy and you channel it. And, you know, some people just want to sit there and say like, hey, poor me. But the point is, if you really want something out of life, you have to look in the mirror because the only person that's going to get you there is yourself you are a
1: freaking force i love you i'm just like seriously i'm gonna run out of pages like i i'm just blown away with all these gems all these really good nuggets and i know that whoever's listening to this is like holy shit like, I need to write that down. I need to replay that. I need to hear that and play that every single day. Like, even the way that you speak is like super motivating and uplifting and inspiring. I'm like, I can go and start a business right now. You know, like you're really motivating. Well, Rita, let me ask
0: you this. What's the worst that can happen? You know, there's this um, TV show that I actually, you know, I, that's what I did a lot when I was married was watch TV. And This Is Us was a show and Randall and Beth were this couple on that show and they would play this game, you know, what's the worst scenario? What's the best scenario? And you kind of have to think like that because the only thing holding you back is the limiting beliefs that you carry. So until you fight those, I mean, to this day, I get up and I look in the mirror and I say, you're a world changer. You're a survivor, you're a thriver, you're a bodybuilder. You know, I'm I'm doing things I never thought I would do. Like, am I where I am I at the end result? No. But from last year to this year, yeah. 105
1: pounds gone. Wow. Yes. See, okay, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. What are you doing right now? Tell us about your business. Tell us about your health journey.
0: So, what I do for business, I am a licensed life insurance professional. Um, I Partnered that with my accounting firm so I could help people with rollovers and, and, and I don't want to say investments, but we have vehicles that are, are highly unique to the marketplace. In fact, being an accountant, I didn't even know the type of financial concepts that I've learned since starting this business and, and who we are really, why I became part of this was because I love to help people on finances my passion, my dream is to build a trauma center for abuse victims to heal, to to be able to provide housing free of cost, to shelter people trying to escape toxic relationships.
1: I and can't believe you just said that because that's literally what I want to do for women to help them get out of toxic relationships because the number one reason that they stay is because of finances and they don't they don't feel like they can actually go. So I want to create some sort of like dorm community space where it's like a shared kitchen and whatnot, and you have your own dorm and then workshops to work on your mindset. And if you have kids, your kids are in little programs as well to like help them to heal what they subconsciously learned from you being in that relationship. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. You know, and, and Rita, the thing about it is, is the reason why I went into what I went into is when you talk about trauma and you talk about domestic violence which are two very big passions special needs and and domestic violence are are two reasons why i'm going to do everything i'm going to do because when i you, in order to affect systematic change you first have to have economic change it takes a pocket to be able to buy a table to enforce change at the legislative level and my passion is when I was at the domestic violence agency, I was an advocate and some of the things that I had to hear, I was 40 hours domestic violence trained and I fell in the trap because the victim doesn't see it. But what children go through and, and, and the way the court systems victimize victims is something that needs to change in the world because kids, they are learning that this is normal and we're raising a generation of Of people who are afraid to invest in themselves they are they are Mm -hmm. crippled i will honestly stand here and say and and if that most mental illness is unresolved trauma that that when people heal they find fullness to life and who you surround yourself with if you're going through struggles Mm -hmm. and you're hanging around with negative people then you're going to get pulled down you know and and when
1: yeah They say you become um, the five people that you hang out with the most. And I love that you said that earlier. You said um, that you took an inventory of who you're hanging out with, who you're listening to and all the, the negative things that were in your life to remove them. And this is actually what I teach and preach is that what you put in on and around your body creates your life. So when you're watching the news and it's negative and you're absorbing that, that negative energy is bringing you down. The food that you're eating, if it's a low vibrational food, then it's bringing you down. You know? And so the most important thing is what you're putting in, on, and around your body. It creates that level of, of, of uh, vibration, I guess, that uplifts your energy and makes you feel happier. Because if you have negative, toxic people around you, they're bringing you down completely 100%. And I love that you removed those things from your life too. And it's just up-leveled you even more.
0: Well, and it's it's one of those things, you know, Erica Badu, I don't listen to her music, but uh, I've heard some of the things she said. And one of the things she says is evolving requires eliminating. And you have to be able, you know, in order for, it's kind of like a garden, right? if you leave a garden and you don't pull the weeds, it's going to get ugly, right? So your life, you have to take inventory. You have to pull out the things that aren't serving you so that you can make time for the things you need to come into your life. If you're going to attract stuff, if your plate's so full, you can't attract what you need for growth because you have to give something up. That's actually like probably one of the only reasons why I'm not still coaching with you is just time. It, it It's something that is actually on my list that, you know, as I'm writing my book that I want to work with you as I'm going through the process because it was so helpful. And then, you know, I know you do editing, so I definitely want to be in
1: touch. Oh, yay. That's awesome. I'm so excited. That's going to be really fun to work with you on your book. And you know what? You actually hit on something that I teach. It's something that I tell every single person that I coach and all my friends and family and whoever I'm talking to. You have to remove something that's occupying mental, emotional, or physical space, or else there will not be room for something to come in. It's like the universe is waiting for you to release the thing that you know is not serving you so that it can allow the other thing that's waiting for you to come in. So tell me what you took from the coaching with me. What you applied to your life, where you changed and transformed and what you'd encourage listeners to do that you learned from the coaching?
0: Well, one, I have a heart for single parents, Mm. um, single moms and dads. Um, We work really hard. Um, And I used to tell myself, I'm going to have to work three, four jobs to be comfortable. And I had to learn that you need to find Who you are, what you are, and and be able to bridge it, and that's what I love about what I do. Is I am able to help people to whether they are have college debt, credit card debt, whether they need to plan secure their their financial home. That's where I can help people, and I can do it for no charge because we're we're paid we're paid by marketing dollars from from the Mm -hmm. insurance companies. So why I say that is it flows into what I've. Gone to this process of who I've surrounded myself. I made different connections. So connection to you, then Yoli gave me a connection to a friend who's an established author who's mentoring me, uh, Ron Marie Blum. That's uh, she's releasing her her book Rising Up from Broken, and and then through this starting this business and reconnecting from another friend from school from mm. high school, I started working and and. I made another connection with a writing coach and I won't mention her name just because I don't have, I didn't talk to her about it previously, but um, from faith world church in Chicago and made the connection. And she's mentoring me from a spiritual path on, on authorship. And so the, what I'm, where I'm getting at is you have to be willing to connect because you never know where it's going to lead. And if I didn't make all these connections, you My friend from high school, Iris Torres and and Enoch Santiago, Rachel Santiago, all these people um, that came into my life that have encouraged my healing has led me to a place to be in a mindset, you know, you're healed when you can
1: help somebody else. And honestly, you know what I'm hearing right now? You're in alignment like a motherfucker. (laughs) That's what's happening now. You are in alignment, girl. Well, my thing is,
0: you know, my mentor and friend in business, Iris Torres, has been amazing in the fact that she's, she, she sees, like you did, a version of me and, and speaks to it. And, and the reason why I say this is because it's so important. It is so important. To have people in your life that see your vision bigger than you can imagine that they can see you at your 15th move
1: mm.
0: it's so important what you consume you know yeah. what are you reading yeah you know what are you what are you digesting what are you what are you who are you talking to so how did i get to this place yeah i got to this place By getting out of my own way, Mm. getting over and healing my trust issues and connecting with people. And the people that I started connecting with led me on a path, hence, you, these, all these, all these people, right? Yeah, Yeah. And now I'm in a place where I'm empowered because, see, I'm a rare breed because of my upbringing. And I know that. My dad says to me proclaim your rarity, use wisely your power of choice. Now I'm proclaiming my rarity. Yes. Nobody, there's only, you know, one of my one of my friends had said to me, nobody in this world can accomplish the mission that you were called to do. Or do it the way that you're gonna do it. Exactly. And and the fact of the matter is, if somebody's gonna like, you know, I know you can relate to this. I used to be worried, what would people think? Who cares what they think? If you don't want to do
1: business with me because of my background, then don't do business with me. There's millions of people in the world. People are going to judge you anyway, so you might as well put yourself out there. But you know what? When they're
0: judging you, here's the thing I, I, I really want to hit on. Mm. When they're judging you, they're not judging you. They're judging their insecurities, which they are projecting on right. you. Right, because you're doing something that they probably don't feel that they could do themselves. But you know what? It's honestly, that's why like, people like me, You don't, they don't survive because, Mm -hmm. you know, Matt Zapala says he's never met a winning quitter, (laughs) never met a winning quitter, you know? And and to me, the, the high level conversations, Yeah. you know, a lot of my circle thinks I'm crazy. It's okay. That's good. Keep going. I heard. Keep going. Yeah. I heard when people think you're crazy, you're on the right path. You're going to have naysayers, but you know what? Here's the bottom line. We all go out in the same size box. Mm. And when I'm gone, I want to, you know, my own personal belief is I want to come face to face with Jesus. I want him to say, hey, you used every gift, talent, and ability I blessed you with, and you left the world a little bit brighter than when you came into it. That is my mission. And you know what? I don't care who I have to go through, around, above, It's not going to matter. I'm not going to stop. And the bottom line is most people today are not intrinsically motivated. So let me break that Mm -hmm. down for the people in the back. You have to be your own cheerleader. You got that from my <laughs> other episode. I'm always saying like, one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> Actually, one of my friends says that on Facebook all the time with the like emoji. Uh, it's like, so say it funny. for the people in the back. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> What that means is you have to be your own cheerleader and you can't overdo it. So what I really want to say is I know that my transformation is, is, is strong Mm. but i am a very self-reflective person even even in counseling with with pastors and and professionals i've been described the word epic is how it was described and honestly it is because i just have a desire see pain when you face pain Mm -hmm. it drives change and on the other side of the pain is greatness, but the only way to bridge those, if you never get uncomfortable, you'll never get to the other side. Right. And and, and you have to do it slowly. So I wanna just use this workout analogy if if I might yeah. for bodybuilding. You wouldn't go to the gym and just lift two hundred and fifty pounds. So, you know, for me, I used to be a couch potato. I ate really unhealthy. I ate fast food. I ate junk. I was, I had to come face to face and say, you know what, Amanda, you are self-sabotaging. You are doing this to yourself. These are the consequences of your choices. And You know what it took? It took a doctor sitting me down and saying, I want you to have a gastric bypass because you're going to die. You're on 10 blood pressure medications. You're going to, you are going to have a heart attack or a stroke.
1: Oh my gosh. Can we pause for one quick second? I have to interrupt you for this one. I literally, I was up until three in the morning creating this super long PDF. It's like 18 pages right now. And I'm highlighting exactly what you just said. And one of my quotes that I wrote out real big in this PDF was, don't wait till you get sick to do something about your health.
0: Yeah, I'm actually, um, you know, just, you know, one of the things that, you know, I struggled with my whole life was body image. But now I found that I just really don't care. I'm super happy with where I'm going. And I'm actually planning to compete in bodybuilding in 2022. So talk about like, facing limiting beliefs, you're going to be on stage and people are going to be judging you and, and critiquing you on, on so many levels. And, and the, the path is you have to just make a decision. You make a decision and you plan your moves. You know, I I really am loving this, this book that our CEO of the company I'm with, wrote that your next five moves by Patrick and David, it literally, the problem with the world today, we we don't process issues. We, We carry them in our bodies and we don't release and we focus on the wrong things. So the thing about the transformational journey of mindset is that where fear and faith collide, that is what's called courage. And the only way to heal, the only way to take control of your life, the only way you can take control of your life is to say, I will do it no matter what. I will finish this race. I will, and, and dream. The scarcity mindset has robbed us of dreaming. We just, oh, I need to go to this job. I need to stay here for 50 years. You asked me why did I go in business? Because when I go out in a box, I want to leave my daughter a legacy. I don't want to leave her an empty 401k. I don't want to leave her, you know, I don't want to be the one to miss, you know, half of us don't even go to our kids' sporting events because we're stuck in, in corporate world. The bottom line is there is a better way but you have to be willing to become your next best version of yourself. And, and free enterprise is that way. And that's what you asked, how did my transformation happen? The minute I started developing in business and accepting my gifting, that's what happened. So, find if, if you're what I would say to your listeners is find what you're passionate about, write it down. You can be a chain breaker. You can be the one that rises above all the flames that come to devour you. You can. The best revenge that I've ever had on my childhood was not sitting down and blaming my parents. It's been raising my daughter in a different way and having my dad say, Wow, you're a fantastic mom.
1: That's amazing. I
0: can't do what you do.
1: Wow. That must feel really really good.
0: Yeah, my my daughter will sit and and she's always happy. Yeah. What I want to say to your listeners though is that your kids are watching you. And you know because my daughter the other day I walked in the bathroom and I was like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, I've got a, I've got a face care routine that I do every morning." I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, I take time for myself, Mommy. I have routines." So so you have to realize that They watch and they learn. And and when you're going through this type of healing process, speak life over them. No matter where you're at, if you are in despair, speak life into them because the world is so negative today that if you don't build them up to deal with it, they're gonna they're going to have, have issues. And don't be afraid to let them see disappointment. When my daughter saw me break. When she saw me in despair, she learned compassion. She learned empathy. And she learned that her mom was a fighter. And she was my biggest inspiration. So you have to be able to channel in a positive direction. And sometimes it's the little bit praise the baby steps. You know, when I could go a day without thinking about something negative, I would be like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for, uh, I'm going to go get my nails done, or I'm going to go, you know, you have to have those little carrots that you reward yourself with, because self-care is the biggest factor to self-development.
1: And you know, self-care is different from self-love. Self-care is doing the things that you're doing just to take care of your basic needs and like, you can you know, take a bubble bath and you can go get your nails done, make yourself feel really good. And you can um, you know, take time to sit down and read. And that's self-care, like caring about yourself, right? But then self-love is actually loving yourself the way that you would expect a man to love you, for example. You love yourself that way. That's why I do mirror work. I sit in front of the mirror. I posted this on Instagram the other day. I'm literally sitting in front of the mirror and I was recording myself. And I'm talking, I'm having a conversation with myself. Like, I love you, staring dead into my eyes. I love you. You are so beautiful. You have such a good heart. You are such a people pleaser. Stop it. You don't need to do that. And you don't need that makeup either. You're gorgeous. You're beautiful inside and out. And I love you. You are so loved. Like feeling the love from myself, like feeling good about myself. That's self-love. Self-care is different from self-love
0: absolutely and you know I mean you know the fact of the matter is that that's one of the reasons why I love what I do in the industry that I'm in is because there's so many things that are preventable and and it's focusing on a holistic picture you know it's it's being able to say to somebody yes you know I don't I don't talk about my failed marriage just for attention. I talk about it because I know there's other people out there struggling and they're, they're sitting there in this silence and this toxic shame. And I want them to know that there is a way, there is other people that have done it and, and they can come alongside you, but, I can't do the journey for you. So coaching with you, you could pour into me. What I did with it was my choice. Exactly. You know, and you know, that's, that's the whole thing. We're here to, you know, we're here to Mm -hmm. serve. Servant leadership is, is about, it's, it's not about what someone can do for you. It's about how you can care for them because everybody has needs to be met. And, you know, even in the grocery store, I will talk to the stranger now i will I will smile and and, and
1: all that stuff and that wasn't me before i was I was timid oh wow well. you know why that's because your vibration is so much higher right now that you're vibrating from a place of joy and love and you can't help but yourself but exude that and people are receiving it that's what's happening that's why I was so impressed with what I saw you were taking action you were doing everything that I was suggesting and even showing up on social media and the writing and shifting your mindset. I was just watched, I was just blown away watching you take everything and apply it, and you transformed your own life. Welcome to the High Vibes Club, girl. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. I'm so glad that we did this. You have seriously given my audience so much good stuff here, like gems and gems. And I can't wait. I'm going to do the takeaways at the end and I'm it, I'm going to lose my voice because there were so many. Thank you so much. Tell, tell everyone where they could find you. And so they could follow your journey on Instagram and Facebook or whatever website, share everything with us. Um, find
0: you, you okay. can, you can find me on, um, I'm on I'm newly on Twitter at Amanda Cahotis. So it's A M A N D A C O H O D E S. Also, I'm Triune Mom underscore dream builder on Instagram. Uh, and then I am on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Amanda Cohodes. And on Snapchat, I'm um, ADC1084, and um, I, I love to help people. So if there's you know any of your listeners who want a free financial coaching session or to sit down and brainstorm, um, I would love to I would love to offer that to your listeners. What? Yes, absolutely. We sit down. It's 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 totally free. So that's amazing. I love to educate people. You know, and that's the first step towards healing is to educate yourself. So.
1: Oh my gosh. First of all, I'm going to take you up on that offer. I want a free financial coaching session. <laughs> awesome. Let's book it. Yay. Very cool. My gosh. Thank you so much. It's so kind of you. So generous to to offer your time like that. And if you live anywhere
0: but Illinois that we do have really great student loan forgiveness programs. Um, so just so, you know, it's, it's a real simple process that I can link, link your
1: listeners up to. I seriously tip my hat off to you. I bow to you. You are so freaking powerful. You are a force and I am so inspired by you and I love watching you do your thing and I'm so freaking proud of you. You're amazing and you're going to change people's lives and I cannot wait to read your book and I'll have you back on the podcast to promote it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Rita I'm so grateful for for this opportunity to sit with you and you know one day I'm gonna have to make it out to California we're gonna have to go do something yes girl seriously you have a wonderful evening thank you so much love you
1: bye-bye love you too bye hun holy shit I think that's what I'm gonna call this episode no 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 I'm gonna call it I should have charged for this one (laughs) so I have a shit ton of takeaways but I honestly stopped writing them halfway through because there were so many gems that I couldn't keep up so I want you to meet me in the Facebook group and tell me what your takeaways were number one In order for us to grow, we have to be willing to recognize and give up our victim mindset. Dig into your pain to discover what needs healing. Observe your thoughts, your emotions, your behaviors. Self-evaluate and recreate your belief system and yourself number two you can't blame your upbringing for where you are you have to want to make your life better and become the best version of you number three have gratitude for the relationship for the lessons you learned and the next version of you that you're becoming because of it number four you haven't failed until you stop trying so keep going number five make the decision to empower yourself to develop a series of self-love habits that are unique to you Find what you feel joy with and do more of that for 60 days straight to make it automatic. Number six, teach your daughter what she shouldn't accept by not accepting it yourself. Your kiddos are learning from you subconsciously more than you think. Number seven, we're attracting life experiences that we subconsciously learned from our childhood and that's keeping us comfortable in our familiar discomfort. Number eight, control what you can control, yourself, and make the decision to create the life that you want. Number nine, evaluate every area of your life. What are you eating? What are you thinking? What are you listening to? What is your environment like? Who are you hanging out with? What you consume consumes you. Number 10, trust your gut. It's a message from your inner being. Number 11, be careful what you speak into the world because what you speak over your life will manifest. Thoughts fueled by emotions become things in your reality. Number 12, connect with your inner child that was wounded and start taking care of yourself before you take care of anyone else. Number 13, it's so important to have people that see your vision bigger than you can imagine. Number 14, you have to embrace your genius because there's only one of you, nobody in this world can accomplish the mission that you were called to do oh my gosh so many takeaways I can't wait to hear what yours were in the Facebook group thank you so much for hanging out with me and Amanda today we had a ton of fun we hope that you learned something and if you did we'd love to know what it was tell us by leaving a review, come hang out with us in the Facebook group, DM me on Instagram. I'll link everything in the show notes, including Amanda's info and where you can find her and connect with her. But please, I have a small favor to ask. Please share this with somebody that you know would really benefit from it. Let's heal the world together. Okay. Bye.